Hallelujah. Are you ready? All right. Glenn and I have been married almost 48 years. It's a long time. So we've been through a lot of stuff. And so we're tough. We survived. <laughs> and we're very happy, very, very happy tonight to be doing this. And I want to say how grateful, thankful I am for Nick coming in and filling in for us last week. And he did a great job and uh, great uh, example of, of uh, someone brought up in a Christian home and taught to serve the Lord and be faithful in the house of the Lord. And of course, uh, we enjoyed Nick's ministry, but uh, there wouldn't be a ministry f that Nick would be sharing with us if there wasn't a Gladys and Jose Martinez who brought him up in the house of God. Amen. Amen. So we're very glad. And I know that his parents watched these uh, live streams, and so we are very glad you have loaned us your son. And, of course, we'll take you all, too. Praise the Lord. Whenever you're ready to move, praise God. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Yes, he is. Well, I want to welcome everybody and tell you that this is uh, part three. And, of course, for Glenna and me, we're going to pick up where we left off uh, the last time pretty much. And before we do anything, let's pray. Or do you have something to say before we pray? After you pray. All right. Father, we thank you. We love you. We bless you. We praise you. Thank Lord, you, we Lord. do not take for granted that you have given us a divine revelation of your will and your plan for our lives individually and for our marriages and for thank our children you. and for our families in total. We just thank you and praise you, Lord, for thank opening you. that word to us. Lord, you know how limited we are in our knowledge and you know how limited we are even in time. So we believe you to draw out the very best things, the most needful things for this hour in this series of messages, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 I was thinking on the way over here about how that God has given unto us uh, the spirit of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, you just mentioned our 40, almost eight years of marriage. And, you know, people get um, a certain idea or... You know, they just think that preachers just naturally have everything, you know, under control. And uh, I wish. <laughs> and that's not the situation. Sometimes things arise that you don't know how to handle. You don't know what you're going to do. But we have the spirit of reconciliation. And um, that means that... It, whatever's going on can be restored, can come back into harmony. Our lives, you know, we all, I've said this lots of times and I'll say it again. You know, we're not responsible for everybody else. We're responsible for, I'm responsible for me. And of course, as a parent, my children and, you know, in that regard, but it doesn't matter what's going on. The spirit of reconciliation can bring things back into order. Amen. 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 This whole series is about a biblical viewpoint of God's uh, ideas and unchanging priorities about marriage and family. Marriage is God's idea. Yes, it is. And uh, we covered this last time, so we won't take a lot of time with it, but marriage... 
scripturally speaking, is uh, a pre-fall paradise relationship. And what I mean by that is uh, God instituted marriage before the fall. So under no circumstances is marriage considered a curse. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Amen. Praise the Lord. We've got some work to do here. Before there was a sin, before there was a fall, there was marriage. And so marriage today between two believers within the will of God, according to the word of God, is a, is a part of paradise left over. Hallelujah. Marriage is a lifelong covenant. It's not to be entered into thinking, well, I'm going to see if it works okay. If it's not convenient, we'll just cancel it. As far as God is concerned, it's a lifelong covenant. We understand that there, there are biblical uh, situations where divorce is uh, permitted, and there are situations where, sadly, divorce would be the best option. God does not want you to be in some abusive no. relationship. No, he, he does not want you to be in a situation that would take you away from the things of God. The, the Bible teaches that marriage is one woman and one man. That's what marriage is. And I would go so far today in 2023 to say a biological woman and a biological man. You know, when my daughter was a little kid, one of her favorite shows was Wonder Woman. She loved to watch Wonder Woman, and she then would play like she was Wonder Woman. Today, sadly, a lot of little kids, if they watched the show, they would wonder if it was a woman. You know, is this real or not real? Uh, we... Uh, recognize we understand that there's a there there is a crazy world out there yes but nothing out there has changed one thing in God's plan nothing. and so uh, marriage is two becoming one and it's important and necessary to leave and cleave to have a successful marriage um, if um, if you can't afford her, then maybe you better wait. There's no romance without, <laughs> without finance. finance. Can you say amen? Amen. And it doesn't stop when you get married. It just increases. It never quits. It never quits. Amen. Amen. So you need to use your faith for your money. That's right. Some people think we talk too much about money around here. One reason that we have so many wonderful families is because people have enough money to have a family. <laughs> Amen. And while you're talking about this dysfunction in the uh, world. world today, I wanted to uh, to just say that, you know, if you disagree with someone, that doesn't mean you hate them or that, uh, you know, you can't have fellowship around the things that you can agree on. You know, the Word of God is very... Um, uh, very plain about those things, and so that's where we get our that's where we get our uh, our uh, view of life. That's how we mm -hmm. that's how we live according to the Bible. So just because you disagree with someone doesn't mean that you hate them. No, the word hate has been co-opted by <laughs> radical folks in our culture. That anybody that doesn't agree with anything they say, regardless of how ridiculous that what they're saying may be, then you are labeled as a hater. Um, that's, that's a co-opting of the word and taking it totally out of its true meaning. Uh, I can love you and disagree with you. Yes. 
you know, your children have disagreed with you as a parent, but they, that doesn't mean they didn't love you, and vice well, versa, you you've disagreed them. with them, yeah. right? And uh, you, that doesn't mean you, you hate them. So as a matter of fact, I will say this, that if you really love somebody, not that we want to antagonize anybody uh, or have unnecessary problems, but if you truly love people, you will tell them the truth. That's right. If they are totally off the wall about something, totally unscriptural about something, and they ask you what you think, and you will not tell them the truth because you think, well, maybe they won't like it or they may get their feelings hurt, that's not love. No, it isn't. That's cowardice. That's, that's not love at all. Amen. And so tonight, what we wanted to do was, uh, or did you have something before mm -hmm. we got into this? Yeah. We want to get back into 1 Corinthians 13 because... Relational problems, though they can be very complicated, and I know that many of you understand that. Uh, if those of you who've ever been through the the, uh, the the trouble that is divorce, or if you've ever had a child that's been through that kind of a thing, and you've had to deal with all the fallout from that, and you know, even as a grandparent or a parent, you understand that things can get very complicated. And uh, you can end up with a lot of people involved in your life that you didn't invite, but they're there. Things change. They don't stay the same. They can be very, very complicated. But here's something I want you to remember, and I'm not just saying this as some trite cliche. This is really true. Though the problems are complicated, the solutions really are very simple. And that's what tonight we're going to look at, is the solution that God has given. And that powerful solution, that simple solution, is what God calls love. In the Bible, uh, you know, most of you know the, the New Testament was written in Greek. And there are several different words in Greek that are translated love. And... Um, we, you know, we're not going to go into all of that tonight, but the most important one and the most powerful one and the most significant one is the word agape, A-G-A-P-E, agape. And that Greek word means and stands for, represents to us, the God kind of love. Now, how does God love? Well, he loves us, first of all, unconditionally. Number two, he loves us eternally. He never will stop. And uh, he also loves us in spite of our weaknesses, our flaws, and our failures. Now, at first glance, we might think that's a tall order. I love my wife. I love my husband. I love my kids. I love whoever. But I, I don't know about loving him to that degree. Well, if we take that attitude, what we'll do is we'll just write everything off that has to do with this kind of love and we'll just make a determination that we can't do it. So I'm just going to try to find my own way. And that's not a good way to have a great relationship. And so there are some scriptures that will help us with this. And the first one that I want to share with you is Romans 5 and 5. I'm going to try to hurry. Glenna has some other things that she wants to throw in here as well. But we wanted, both of us, we agreed that 
there's a couple of passages of Scripture that we wanted to cover tonight. And Romans 5, 5 says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So that means if you're saved, His love is in you. Now there's another reference to back this up and confirm this, and that's found in the book of Galatians, chapter number 5 and verse number 20. Galatians chapter 5 and um, verse number uh, 22, I'm sorry. But the fruit of the Spirit is, what's the first one on the list? Love. Love. And then it talks about joy and peace and all the others. But the first one on the list is love. Now, you don't have to turn to 1 John 4, 8, but it's the scripture that says God is love. So let's look at, think about this for a minute. God is love. He doesn't have it only. Uh, he doesn't just use it occasionally. It's who he is. And so if you're born again, he has come to live inside of you in the person of the Holy Spirit. So in that coming in, in that new birth experience, According to these scriptures, Romans 5, 5 and Galatians 5, 22, he brought with him that nature and characteristic of love. I say all of that to say this, no matter how you feel, no matter how angry you are, and we all have gotten angry, I'm sure that I'm not the only person in this room, because I know somebody else in the room, I'm sure I'm not the only person in this room that has gotten angry and sinned. In the way that I responded and what I said. And wouldn't you like to know what I said? <laughs> Talk to me. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Amen. If God forgets it, I have to. Amen. But anyway, we've all done those kinds of things. But that doesn't mean that love wasn't in us. What that means is we just set it to the side and we didn't choose to do what love does. Love is a choice. Love is a choice. That's a really good point. Love is a choice. Love's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. Now, love produces feelings. Love produces emotions. And we are generally more emotional about people we are closer to than we would be somebody who's not. Mm-hmm. You could hear a sad story, and, and you could agree that sad, it, you know, if momentarily, it would affect you in some kind of a negative way. But if you were the parent of that little child that perhaps mm-hmm. was brutally murdered or kidnapped if you were the husband of that wife that died at a very early age of some tragic situation it would be totally different your emotions will fluctuate and they are responsive to the different levels of relationships we have and so love is never based on emotion it produces emotions but it is not an emotion Love is a choice. Can we say that together, everybody? Love Love is is a a choice. choice. Look at somebody and tell them, love Love is is a a choice. choice. It really is. You say, what do you mean? Well, since God's word, and remember, he's God, so it's not up for debate or argument. It has to be true. If you're a Bible believer, then you believe according to the scriptures. Galatians 5.22, Romans 5.5, at least those two, you believe That love is in you if you're born again. So that means the only way I'm going to walk in the true love of God is to make a choice. Amen. Go ahead. Amen. Like um, mothers, you know, I uh, remember one one time um, Daniel was playing outside 
Poor little Daniel, he always gets the stories, don't he? Uh, he was playing outside, and he was all muddy. And I said, uh, I, he came in the house, you know, and you don't want muddy hands, muddy feet all through the house. So you, um, you, uh, I sent him to the shower. And I said, Daniel, go take a shower. Go right now and take a shower. And um, so he went in there, and when he came back out, the mud just was rubbed all over, you know. <laughs> and I said, Daniel, I thought I told you to take a shower. He said, I did. I said, well, why is that mud still over, all over you? Did you use soap? He said, you didn't say anything about soap. <laughs> 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 and you can get angry at those kinds of things, you yeah. know. I have a burst of, oh, my goodness, you know. But you still love, don't you? Yes. So feelings have, that. it doesn't have anything to do with it. We are loved children of a loved God, and that's what we do. We love. I love Daniel. Amen. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> now, the place to find out, what you choose to do in order to walk in love, one of the best places in the whole scripture to find that out is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses mm -hmm. 4 through 8. And I personally prefer the Amplified Classic version of this yes. over any other uh, translation that we might use. You may have another one that you like better, but uh, this one really, to me, uh, speaks uh, volumes about the specifics of, of this kind of love. And so the first part, and we, we, caught, we covered this a little bit last time, but it, uh, the first one in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 says, uh, love endures long and is patient and kind. Love endures long. So have you ever heard people, uh, this old saying, you heard somebody say they have a short fuse? Mm -hmm. That means they don't walk in love. It's not just a character flaw. It's not just a personality weakness. It is the fact that they have not chosen to walk in love where that's concerned. Some people use that as a defense. Some people use that to bully people mm -hmm. and to try to press and push for their way. But that's not God's way. Just think about God. How long has he endured mankind in general? And how, how long has he endured, even in my life, things that, that I put off or that I did wrong? And it not only uh, is the fact that we endure long, and so we don't have a short fuse, but we are patient and kind while we do it. Oh, me. Man, that's hard sometimes. <laughs> Because, you know, when you're really, like Glenna said, you know, whatever the search circumstance might be, but when you're really angry and you're really frustrated and you're really aggravated, well, you may be, you've got, you've got enough salvation to, you're not going to slap them. <laughs> but you don't, quite, you don't quite have enough salvation to not let them know that you're not happy. <laughs> you know, a lot of people endure long. Sometimes people endure long because they're a coward. But enduring long is, is, is also accompanied with 
being patient and kind. You want to tackle that. And you like that. Somehow or another, this, this is her thing here. Go ahead. I like this. Impatience is just a small burst of anger. You know, like when Daniel came out of the shower and he's, it just that mud was all, you know, your first thought is, you know, just, you know. So if you're impatient, then anger comes with that, doesn't it? It does. You know, if you're at the, like, I, I forgot my uh, papers tonight, and so I was on the way to church, and I thought, oh, no, I forgot those papers, I, you know, uh, so I have to go back home. And so then I'm late, and so when I come down the 501, and the light turns green, but everybody stays there like it's... <laughs> You know, and you know there's just a window of opportunity. Not long. <laughs> and you have to get going really fast, you know, where it's going to change and you're going to be stuck there again. So, you know, it just kind of rises up, doesn't it? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> yeah. So we try to not have those bursts, of, little bursts of anger. Amen. Because that's not what love does. Amen. So if we're going to practice this first part, if we're going to do what love does, regardless of our feelings, then that means we're going to put our impatience, impatience on the shelf, and we're going to practice being patient, and we're going to practice being kind, and it's just a choice. So if you don't normally respond that way, then you have to change your response. Mm-hmm. Now, you see, if, if I were up here, if, if we were up here, and we were peddling the idea that that if you've got a problem here now, you just come up here, we're going to lay our hands on you, and you're not going to have any more problems with impatience. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And if it really worked, we'd have a church full of people. <laughs> I'd be in the line. But, uh, yeah, I'd lay hands on you first. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, that's not how it works. No, it That's doesn't. just not how it works. It does. Uh, we have to choose to do what love does. And remember this. I'm jumping ahead to the, the eighth verse, but love never fails. Amen. So that means never I can be as patient out. as I need to be. I can be as long-suffering as I need to be. Now, again, this doesn't mean I'm putting up with abuse. This doesn't mean I'm not doing what's right. We'll get into more uh, things like that as we go along. But if, if it's a situation where I'm just needing to endure long and be patient and kind, I can do it. You can do it. Amen. Amen. You know, that uh, the Bible says that everything in, in the earth is uh, the kingdom of God is like as if a man planted a seed. That's such a powerful thing. You know, we can change anything with a seed. Yes, we can. And uh, the Bible says that God gives seed to the sower. So, you know, if you are uh, struggling in an area of uh, 1 Corinthians here that tells us how we're supposed to act, plant some seeds on purpose. You know, decide to go out of your way in whatever area, you know, um, uh, that you need help in. Plant a seed and you'll have a harvest. Amen. Amen. The next one, and we did get on this one a little bit last time too, but we'll just take our time. And I don't know how many weeks this will end up being, but it'll be enough. Whatever we need, we'll do. 
The next point that is in the scripture, in the text, in the Amplified Classic is, love never is envious, nor boils over with jealousy. Love never is envious. Envy is the feeling you get when you want what somebody else has. It's very rampant in our culture today. Mm -hmm. And you know, uh, even couples have this problem sometimes. You know, like if the, uh, uh, if the husband makes more money or is more successful at a job, you know, there, that can be an area where jealousy can come in. And, uh, you know, it, it's really ungodly. You know, we're one together. So what you have, praise the Lord, I have. <laughs> Why do you have to envy what you already have? That's right. <laughs> but I'm but more it, than a conqueror. <laughs> amen. But envy means that you are really, you, you, have a feel, you have some kind of a negative feeling mm -hmm. because of what somebody else has that you don't have. First of all, you've got to realize, have you done what they did to get what they got? Right. You know, there are some people who have some things that I guess would be nice to have, but there are situations where I personally do not want to do what they did to get to that point. To me, it's not worth it. So I'm not going to envy them. And, and in our culture today, this envy thing is just such a mm -hmm. ridiculous thing to begin with because when you're driving down the road and you see somebody in what you would consider a really great car, for instance. You don't know if they paid for that car. You don't know. They may, they may finance that thing for 72 months or whatever. They, they, may be, they may be going home eating ramen noodles so they can drive that car to impress you. I mean, you, you just can't. You don't always know. So envy is just a waste of time. And, and love doesn't envy because what you've got to know is God is love. And if you really desire something and it's godly and it's good and you're a tither and you're a giver and you're faithful in the house of God, then God can give that to you yes, or one can. like it. You yes. don't need theirs. That's right. they, they make plenty of them. Whether we're talking about a nice car, a nice home, or we're talking about a, a, you know, a piece of jewelry or whatever, you know, that person you saw with that whatever, they don't have the last one. That's right. God's got plenty. Amen. Jealousy is an unhappy or angry feeling. And my experience as a pastor tells me it's more angry than anything. Uh, an angry feeling caused by the belief that somebody you love either likes somebody else too much or they are liked by somebody else too much. Jealousy is as cruel as the grave. Yes, it is. That's what the word tells us. And, um, and so you need to realize that any person that can be swept away from you, you didn't have them anyway. That's right. Now, I'm not saying that's your fault. I'm just saying you have to be honest about it. And... Um, so I said this last time, I'll say it again. Glenda knows this. She, she has the same attitude. But if somebody came along and she said, well, I think I'm going to leave you, Pastor Greg. And I'm going to go and sow some wild oats with old 
you know, auger head over here. <laughs> you know what I would say? I would say, you know, you're, you're messing up. <laughs> but if that's what you want to do, then he can have you. <laughs> he says, is that love? Why, well, sure is love. <laughs> I can't control enough. Love doesn't control people. And God's love will not consign you to a life of misery because of somebody Amen. else's stupid mistakes. Amen. If she would be dumb enough to leave me, <laughs> she gets what she deserves. And likewise, likewise, there's nobody else would put up with me but her. And so, uh, you I know, we it. were made for each other. So <laughs> we just have to rub along no matter what. That's right. We've learned to walk in love. The reason we know so much about this is because of 48 years of experience. Amen. Amen. But I want to say, too, we probably said this the last time, but I want to say this here about uh, jealousy and uh, envy of other people and what they have, mm -hmm. you know, and that is so good what you said. You know, they don't have the only one, and... Uh, God is no respecter of persons. Right. He loves us all the same. And he said he would give us even the desires of our hearts. Amen. You know, and for some reason, uh, people really get angry and upset about preachers, what they have, you know, if they fly an airplane, if they live in a fancy house or drive a fancy car. And um, since I'm a preacher, I want to tell you something, you know. God will bless you just the same. Everything we have, uh, you know, and, and in your opinion, it may not be much, but you just don't know where we came from. But God will do for you anything that you can believe him for. Amen. And uh, uh, I heard the story about this pastor who ha who had... Uh, these had some people from church over to their house. And after they had this fellowship together at their house, uh, there were people there who decided they were not coming back to church. And uh, do you know what offended them so greatly? Was their television. They say, you don't need a television that big. And we're not coming back to church. They were offended at, at the television. And I know of another pastor who uh, I, I don't, I never was in the house and didn't see it, so I don't know anything about its specs. But uh, uh, some people got angry about that house, and so somebody was kind enough to tell him that somebody else was mad. You know, <laughs> people do that. <laughs> Just so kind to tell him, you know, what they said. And I thought his answer was so good. I don't know if it was good. original with him, if the Lord gave it to him, if he heard somebody else say it, but I thought it was so good. And they were talking, I said, they're really mad about your house. And he said, no. He said, they're not mad about my house. They're mad about their house. <laughs> you know, so we have to be careful. Jealousy and envy is a trap. It is. It's an unnecessary trap because there is nothing that's available to mankind in this world that's not available to you if you will use your faith. Amen. Amen. The next thing Amen. is love is not boastful or vainglorious. And what does that word vainglorious mean? You told me that. Arrogant, 
conceited, boastful. She wanted to make sure I knew this <laughs> definition. <laughs> bragging, cockiness, big-headed, huffy. <laughs> so that's what uh, being boastful and vainglorious is about. Does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. Never use your spouse or any other family member to try to prove to somebody else that you're the one in charge That's or right. that you're the smartest person in right. the room. You know, or, you know, I heard a story that uh, Brother Hagen told years ago, and he was there when this guy said, you know, uh, talking about his wife and how that she had to be under subjection and how that if she didn't have dinner on the table when he got home, there'd be hell to pay and all this stuff. And he said, I just made a mental note of that. That guy never lived out of his 50s. And you know, we read last time from uh, First Peter that you need to dwell with your wives according to knowledge, that your prayers be not hindered. Mm -hmm. All this stuff we're talking about has everything to do with your spiritual life. You cannot come to church and be, quote, spiritual and go home and live like the devil. Amen. You can't be all spiritual here. And then go home and be hateful and mean, selfish. Children bad. Yeah, demanding everything has to be your way all the time. Uh, that's a way to not get your prayers answered. And, and to I, die it's early. a way to die early. Yes, it is. It is a way to die young. You know, a lot of times when people die, especially uh, uh, Christians, word of faith Christians, people who teach healing, if, if they don't live a long life, sometimes people wonder, well, wonder what happened. Well, see, we don't know. No. That's why we have to be careful what we say because we don't know. Not everybody you see that's so nice in church are, are the same way at home. Amen. Amen. And you know, I'm not talking uh, about you, but I'm it just goes saying. it goes back to the uh, uh, thought that some things are caught rather than taught. You know, and I think about Harlan and Naomi. How many years have you been married? 60, 66 six years. years. And um, We have to get this right since I'm 65. <laughs> <laughs> and they have, been, they have been a great, great example. And yes. I can see that uh, Greg uh, treats me well. Because he had a great example. And I know my son is a good husband to his wife. He helps her. You know, he, he's a good helper. Daniel, I hope you're listening. I did say a good thing. <laughs> but things are caught. You yes. know, if you're rude and ugly, and I don't want to really use this word, but I will, hypocritical. You know, if you're one way at home and you're another way at church, you know, that's not a good thing. And your children will act that way. They it, will. It's, it is caught. Those kind of things are caught. They're spiritual. They are. And that takes us out on a little side journey that we're going to have to close with. Uh, so we're, not, we're, we're over time. So oh, we're, well, you should but, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm trying to. <laughs> I keep getting interrupted. <laughs> but anyway, 
Uh, here's something very, very important, and, and this is a good place to say it, and it probably won't be the last time we say it, but especially for single people that are looking for a spouse, and I would say even more particularly for young ladies or ladies in general, always, make sh- always pay attention to how a man treats his mother. If he does not honor his mother and treat his mother well, he will not honor you and treat you well. If he belittles his mother and treats her with scorn, if he dismisses her, if he's embarrassed of her, ashamed of her, uh, and he, he will do the same thing to you, or vice versa. That's right. If, you, if, if, if there's, there's a young lady, at the, or, or any age lady, and they're basically just a, a word that I can't use here in the church, uh, and, and they give everybody a hard time all the time, and they're just bratty and, 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 and hard to deal with. Uh, if they're that way with their family, it'll transfer, and it will it get transfers. on your kids. Yes. It will get on yes. your children. That's what you're saying. is so, so that's why this is all so important. And you see, all this is walking in love. You see, can, can you see what we're saying about the problems seem so complicated, but the answers are so simple? Because people can talk, take a, almost an hour to tell you how messed up their life is. And really, there's about four or five statements just in this passage that would fix it all. It's not always easy, and it's not always instant. But God's love always works. Amen. It always does. Now we're going to we're going to pursue this for the next 2 weeks for sure and we're going to try to get uh, get done through this this passage but we'll take all the time that we Amen. need. What do you want to say before we go? We are reconciled, put into harmony. Amen. When we walk in love and when we do what love does, then we have the fruit of love. Amen. And if you want to know if I practice what I preach, I can tell you that I don't always make it, but just go out in the parking lot and look at what she's driving. I am walking in love. (laughs) 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 So thank the Lord. Now Sunday we're going to shout and praise. We're going to have a wonderful time. We had a wonderful time this past Sunday, uh, but this Sunday will even be better. So invite somebody. Uh, get somebody in here that needs to hear the truth and uh, get them involved. We want them to be a part of this family. Amen. Amen. You know, churches are families and they're no stronger than the families that are in them. So this is stuff we need to hear. I know this may not sound all that spiritual, but it it really is important. Amen. Amen. So Father, we thank you tonight for every person here. Lord, we know that you see where we are. Literally in life, in the timeline of life, where we are relationally. You see our goals, our dreams, our desires, and our hopes. And you even know about the disappointments. But Lord, you are a restorer. Lord, you can turn situations around that that may look so, so hopeless, that look so bad. You can turn them around and cause such joy and rejoicing that all we can say is amazing grace. And certainly, Lord, that's what you want. And I pray for that every, for every person here. I believe, Lord, for the rest of this week to be the best of their week. I believe.